0: This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. All right. You guys ready to get us the word? Yeah. All right. Let's give it up for the worship band, everyone. Did a great job. Let's give it up for Sean this morning, who's joining us this morning. Thank you so much. They will be back for sure. For sure. All right. Well, um, the title of my message this morning is Stir It Up. Stir It Up. Look at your neighbor, real quick. Say, Stir It Up. Oh, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Good job. I like that. I like that. So, um, I know Pastor Jeff uh, talked last week about fear of man. And um, I'm going to just kind of do just a part two. Um, just felt like the Lord was just really pla- placing something on my heart uh, to talk about it. Um, and the fear of man, you know, is it's something that I think a lot of people struggle with. You know, I know that in my life, it's just been a, a huge, you know, just kind of up and down, just huge battle, um, just a huge struggle of just the fear of man and uh, intimidation. And we are, we find ourselves in this place of just living for people's approval, right? We live for people's approval. We live to please people. And... Um, And I think it's just something that we just got to kick out of our lives uh, in order to be the church that God has called us to be. And I like to define the fear of man as this, is I live for man's approval more than God's purpose. I live for man's approval more than God's purpose. John 12, 42 to 43, it says this, many people did believe in him. Including some of the Jewish leaders, but they wouldn't admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than the praise of God. Galatians 1:10 says this. Paul's saying, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If I'm pleasing people, if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. The fear of man is living for people's approval, trying to please people. And a lot of times we put that in front of God's purpose for our lives. And so I want to look at two, two guys in the Old Testament that were both faced with fear, were both faced with a situation of an intimidation, and they're were, they were faced with, with just a test of fear, but then they both had different outcomes. They both chose a different way. But let's pray real quick. Jesus, we just thank you so much for today. And we thank you, Father God, for just being in this place, just being with us, Father. We just don't take that for granted right now, Father, but we know that you are in this place, Lord. And Father, I just ask that just the spirit of wisdom and revelation would just go forth right now and just really Enlighten our hearts to the truth of your word. Enlighten our hearts, Lord Jesus, and that you would give us, Father, just the boldness today and the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome this intimidation, this fear, that we would live, Lord Jesus, as people that aren't trying to win the approval of other people, but we would live as your church that is just carrying out with boldness your purpose. So we just love you so much, Father. Anoint my lips today. May they just be your words. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I said, like I said, we're going to look at two people today. 1 Kings 18 in the Old Testament, we find this guy named Elijah. Anybody ever heard of Elijah? Yeah? Just two of you. Okay, good. We'll, we'll educate you. 1 Kings 18, we find this guy named Elijah, and he was this great prophet. He had this great calling on his life, and he was a prophet of the Lord. And in 1 Kings 18, we see him challenging the prophets of Baal. Baal was a false god in the Old Testament. And so we see Elijah saying, listen, I want to challenge your prophets. I want to, you know, have a little little contest right now. And so what happened is this, is that Elijah said, here's a huge altar, okay? And we're going to make a sacrifice But what we're going to do is you're going to pray to your God of Baal, okay? And I want to see your God light this altar on fire. And so they're like, all right, let's do this. And so the prophets of Baal were praying to their God, and they were getting real intense. And the Bible says that they started cutting themselves, and they started really, really crying out to God, saying, Baal, let's go. Where are you at? Where are you at? Nothing happened. And so Elijah was like, all right, my turn, my turn. So I said, I'm gonna gonna pray to my God. But I'm not only gonna pray to my God, what I want you to do is I want you to soak this altar in water, all right? I want you to soak it in water, okay? And I don't want you to do it one time, not two times, but three times, I want you just to pour water on this altar. And so they did. And Elijah absolutely just destroyed the prophets of Baal. You know, I mean, there's just no contest, all right? There's no contest because he prayed to our God and not, and our God lit that altar on fire, even when it was wet. And so Elijah is like, man, this is the God. <laughs> there's there's no God named Baal, all right, anymore. This is the God, the God, the only God. And so Elijah is living in this anointing and calling for his life, he's living the way that God destined him to live. But then something happens. 1 Kings 19, verse 2. This lady named Jezebel, who is in charge of just kind of everything, <laughs> the, uh, Baal, the prophets and everything like that, Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. And he said this, "May the God strike me and even kill me by this time tomorrow, if I have not killed you just as you have killed them." So this lady sends this message to Elijah and says, "Listen, you have totally defiled my prophets, my God. So guess what? I'm going to kill you. All right? I'm going to kill you by this time tomorrow." So what does Elijah do? He's gone. I mean he is running. He is running for the hills. He's like, you know what? If you can't catch me, you can't kill me, all right? So I'm on the run, okay? I'm off the grid, all right? I've changed my name, okay? And so Elijah just runs. He's out of here. He's like, you know what? I'm I'm running. I'm out of here. This lady wants to kill me, man. This lady's psycho. I'm out of here. And so finally, he runs and he runs and he runs, and he sits underneath this tree, and God encounters him, and God talks to him, and he says to Elijah, he says, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? And Elijah's response was this. He said, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'm no better than my ancestors. He said, I'm done. I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. This lady wants to kill me, and I'm and I'm I'm done. I'm done. So God says this in 1 Kings 19, verse 6. He says, go anoint Elisha to replace you as my prophet. Right. Go anoint Elisha to replace you as my prophet because God is saying, listen, I have a mission and the mission is not done. You face this test of this contest with the prophets of Baal, but you know what? I want to destroy it all. I have a mission, I have a calling, and if you're going to live in fear, then I have to replace you. I have to find somebody that won't live in fear, that won't live in intimidation. I have to find somebody that will carry out my mission. And the truth is is that every single one of us in this room has a calling on their lives, has a mission, has a destiny, has a purpose for their lives. In the church, when we live in fear, we live in intimidation, we cannot live out all that God has for us. We can't live out all that God has purposed us to live in. When I was a high schooler, I worked at Coldstone. Anybody like Coldstone? Yeah? Anybody like Graders better? All right? Anybody like Baskin Robbins? why isn't there a Baskin Robbins? They're like, what, no? Okay, nobody, all right. I wish there was a Baskin Robbins. I love Baskin Robbins, you know? But I worked at Cold Stone uh, when I was, you know, like a freshman. Had to pay my dues. And uh, really, I just had to get a car. But um, I worked at Cold Stone. And I was, you know, even as a young kid, just super, super passionate about telling people about Jesus, you know? And I was just super, super like, man, I'm fired up right now. I gotta tell somebody about Jesus. All right. I got who who's he was in my way right now, because I gotta tell him about Jesus, you know? And so I was working at Cold Stone, and there was only like two people there. There was there was me and there's usually like a shift leader who's usually like an older high schooler or like a college person. And <laughs> This Cold Stone uh, was a franchise, and it was failing quickly. Um, so nobody was there ever. Like, you know, it was, it was like winter, and so, you know, nobody wanted ice cream. All right? So we would never be busy. And so it would be just me and this other person. And so I would make myself a couple ice creams, and then, you know, we just kind of, like, hang out. You know, we'd do, like, whatever. And uh, we always had these secret spots where, like, the camera couldn't catch us. Listen, I've learned a lot. All right, I don't steal ice cream anymore, okay? But we would always be working with this with another person. And so, you know, going into this shift, I'm like, "Man, this is going to be awesome. We're we're, we're going to be, you know, just this the two of us and there's not going to be anybody there because we're not never busy and everything like that." So I was like, "You know what? I'm just going to share the good news with Jesus with them. I'm going to share just Jesus with them and they're going to be saved and then all of a sudden they're going to be like, "Oh, thank you, Lord." and set free in Jesus' name, you know? Right there in cold stone. But the moment that I would always go to share Jesus with somebody, there would always be something in my way. There'd always be a thought in my head that says, Whoa there, what if they think you're weird? Whoa there, like, it's the beginning of the shift, you know, maybe you could wait to the end, so that you don't have to see each other that long, maybe you could be like in the parking lot, like, hey, have a good night, just loves you, all right, I'll see you, all right, okay, all right, we'll pray for you later, you know, maybe it could just be like that, you know, but there would always be something holding me back from just telling them and sharing the good news with them, sharing them Jesus. Sharing them, and that was the passion in my heart. That was the calling that I felt that God had that God had placed on my heart. Was that I needed to tell people, especially high schoolers, that Jesus loves them, that Jesus had a plan for them. That was the calling. But there was always something in my life that was just in the way. It was the fear of man. It's intimidation. What is this person going to think about me? What if he thinks I'm weird? What if he absolutely just slaps me? You know, I don't know. I mean, who knows? crazy thoughts go through the head. Another time, I went into Winans Coffee, and uh, and again, the Lord was, I could, like, tell, like, the person was just really having a, uh, a rough day, you know, just a real struggle. And so I was like, man, I just felt like the Lord was just, like, saying, like, hey, just, just tell the person, like, I love them, like, that I, I care about them every single detail. I care about them, I care about them, I care about them. And so, you know, I'm in line and everything like that. I order my coffee, and inside I'm like, this is your moment, Matt. Don't you dare leave this place without telling this person that Jesus loves them. This is your moment, Matt, all right? You're going to get the coffee, you're going to hand them the card, and you're also going to hand them the good news, all right? This is your moment. But I get up there, I pay for my coffee, and I say, have a good day. (laughs) I'll see you later. And I get in the car, driving my mom's minivan, and I get on the main road, and the Lord really, really speaks to me in that moment and says, Matt, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick. That's what Jesus said in his word. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick. And so I whip my mom's <laughs> minivan around, and I'm like, You're right, Lord. You're absolutely right. And so I march into that wine-ins. I buy another coffee. (laughs) And so I, I just, I look that person in the eye. And I say, you know what? Jesus cares about you. He cares about every single detail in your life. And I want you to know that he loves you. I said, thank you. And I walked out. But that's what God was calling me to do in that moment. That's what God's purpose was for that moment. And the fear of man holds us back from accomplishing and doing everything that God has called us to do. That's what the fear of man and intimidation does. But we look at this next guy in 1 Samuel 16, David. David. we see that in 1 Samuel 16 that he was anointed to be the next king. So he also had a great calling on his life. He also had a great anointing and a great purpose and set apart for God's purpose. But in Samuel 17, we see that he's faced with another or with just a test of intimidation and a test of fear. And he faces Goliath. You know, David's just a young man. Goliath's over 10 feet tall and his armor's 120 pounds. He's a big dude. And so we see that David has all the reason in the world to be scared of this guy. All the reason in the world to be like, look, nobody has to die today, all right? (laughs) Okay, let's work this out, all right? You get Tuesdays and Thursdays. But David has all the reason in the world to be scared, to live in intimidation. But he says this in 1 Samuel 17, he goes out to face Goliath. 1 Samuel 17, 45 to 46, he says this. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the Lord of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head, and then I will give the bodies of your dead men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Man, I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, can you imagine what everybody in the Israelite camp was like? Ah, oh, David, don't say that. Uh, you're going to really upset him. <laughs> but David's like, listen. Woo, I'm going to look you straight in the eye. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to win. <laughs> I'm going to cut off your head today. I'm going to cut off your head today. So what did Elijah, Elijah had something Or, I'm sorry, David had something that Elijah didn't have. That when he was faced with intimidation, when he was faced with fear, he had something, and it's called boldness. It's called boldness. And I love what, I love the boldness of David. Because it didn't wait for somebody to approve him. David didn't say, hey, is this okay if I say this? I'm just going to say, like, I'm going to cut off his head. Is that too much? All right, Okay. Maybe just a scratch. All right. David didn't wait for that. He had boldness. And you know what? He knew that God had anointed him to be king, and he knew that he wasn't just going out to this battlefield just to give some fresh supply to his brothers. He knew that he wasn't just going out to this battlefield just to give some more food to his brothers. He knew that he was going out to this battlefield for a purpose, that God had placed him right here. That God had absolutely called and anointed him and graced him and absolutely equipped him for this moment in his life. And so he looked at his Goliath and he said, listen, I'm going to cut off your head today. I'm going to cut off your head. I'm going to win today. And that's the boldness that I want to live with. I don't know about you, but that's the boldness that I want to live with. I want to say, you know what? I don't care what I face today. I'm going to look at my Goliath because I know that God has called me to be here. I know that God has called me to be in this time, in this place. You are not here in this time in history on accident. God has called you to be here in this time, in our country, in your work, in your wherever you're at. God has called you to live in boldness. To look at those Goliaths in your life, whatever they are, and to say, you know what? I'm going to win today. I'm going to win today. I'm going to have boldness today. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to just shy away. I'm not going to just run, but I'm going to have boldness today. I'm going to have boldness because I know that God has placed me right here. So I just want to share three things with you real quick that I've just learned in my life of how we live in boldness. Number one is this, know your strength. Know the source of your strength. David says this in Psalms 21, I'm sorry, Psalms 27 verse one. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Passion translation says this, it says, the Lord is my revelation light to guide me along the way. He's the source of my salvation to defend me every day. I fear no one. I fear no one. David is not entering this battle because he's a trained soldier or because he has a big old sword or he has armor or whatever. He's not in this battle because he is this big old buff guy and he thinks that he can take down Goliath. That's not the source of David's strength. The source of David's strength is, I know that Jesus is for me. I know that Jesus is my strength. I know that Jesus has called me. I know that the power of Jesus is on my side. That is the source of David's strength. That is the source of his strength. And so every single day, we gotta wake up, and we gotta say, you know what? Whatever I face today, whatever Goliath is in my way, I know the source of my strength. I know the source of my strength. I know that God is for me this morning. I know that God is for me and that his power is backing me. He knew the source of his strength. Number two is this. 1 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. Ephesians 6, verse 12 says this your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods, the evil spirits that hold the that hold this dark world in bondage. We have to realize. Just like Paul is saying to Timothy, that God never gave you the spirit of fear. We have to realize that intimidation, the fear of man, fear, it's a spirit. It's a spirit. And so we can't fight it with positivity, you know, alone. We can't hype ourselves up in the morning because when something's a spirit, What do we have to do? We have to have spiritual warfare against it. We have to fight it in prayer. We have to fight it with the word of God. We can't fight it on motivation alone. We can't fight it on just hyping yourself up. We can't fight it on just saying, I'm not going to fear today. We have to fight it with the word of God. We have to fight it with the power of the Holy Spirit. With the power of the Holy Spirit, I think, it's, I think it's so... I know in my life, I sometimes neglect the fact that the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, right? That we just kind of forget sometimes that the Holy Spirit is with us, that the Holy Spirit does live inside of us, that the power of the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Acts 1, verse 8 says this, But I promise you this, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be filled with power. The power of the Holy Spirit breaks the power of intimidation. The power of the Holy Spirit breaks the power of fear and the fear of man. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the word of God. It's knowing your strength. Worship team, you can come on up this morning. I'm going to end with this. 2 Timothy 1, verse 6 says this. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. To fan into flame the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Anybody ever made a fire before? No, anybody just have electric fires these days? I don't blame you, I would get one too. (laughs) But there's something about a fire that at first, you know, it's, it's roaring, you know, it's huge. And it goes for a while and then, you know, it dims down. You can kind of barely see the flames. But then you begin to just kind of poke at it a little bit, begin to kind of stoke it, and all of a sudden that flame begins to get a little bigger, you know, begin to fan it a little bit. All of a sudden that, that flame, it gets a little bigger, you know? And I think this is what Paul is telling Timothy here. Saying, listen, I know that you've been living in fear, I know that you've been living in intimidation right now. But I'm just, I'm here to remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. To fan into flame the gift of God. Another version says to stir it up. To stir it up. To fan into flame. Listen, I know you're you're dealing with intimidation. I know that you are just kind of down on yourself because you just can't get past this, this fear of what people will think about you. You can't get past this fear of of people's approval. Will people like me? Will people always be happy with me? But I'm reminding you right now that your gift in life, your calling in life, the Holy Spirit right now, it's a little dim. It's a little dim. So I'm encouraging you right now to fan into flame, to stir it up right now. And the more that you fan into flame, the more that you stir it up, the more that you poke at that flame inside of you, the more it begins to just rise. And it begins to just get on fire again. And it just begins to absolutely just burn for all the world to see. And I believe that God is encouraging us today. He's not mad at us for living in fear. He's not mad at us for living in intimidation. He's not mad at us today, but God is encouraging us today, hey, let's let's stir it up this morning. Let's stir up the flame. Let's stir up the flame. I know you've been living 2020 in just a lot of fear right now, but I'm, I'm encouraging you right now. Just live the rest of 2020. Just begin to stir up that flame. Just begin to stir it up this morning. Begin to stir up the grace of God. Begin to stir up the anointing of God, the calling of God the calling of God for your life. Why don't you stand up this morning? We're gonna have some fun just ending this. It's something I do a lot. I've been doing ever since I was a little kid. It's something my mama taught me. But whenever I'm about to preach or whenever I'm about to lead worship, I will usually go in the bathroom and 99% of the time I'm just stirring it up. I'm not using the restroom for that long. But I like to physically stir it up, you know? I like to go like this, you know? So that's what I want everybody to do right now, all right? We're not too cool this morning. I think it helps. I got the mic, so let's do it. All right, but I want everybody to just go like this right now. Everybody just go like this. Yeah, there you go. go like that. Yeah, that's good right there. That's good. And I want us just to, just to focus right now on our lives. And I'm just gonna speak out some things and I just believe that God's gonna, Why'd you stop? keep doing it. All right, we're all stirring it up this morning. I believe that God's gonna stir up some things in your life. I believe that God's gonna stir up some dreams that you may have forgotten about. I believe that God's gonna stir up some boldness inside of you. That God's gonna stir up the Holy Spirit inside of you. God's gonna stir up the power of God inside of you. All right, so let's go. Jesus, we stir up the anointing of God this morning. We stir up the Holy Spirit inside of us. We stir up that boldness inside of us. We stir up, Lord Jesus, that that anointing that God has placed on our lives. We stir up those dreams. We stir up that calling inside of our lives. In Jesus' name, we thank you so much much, Father God, that as we stir it up, that the flame begins to get higher. The flame begins to get higher, Lord Jesus, and we begin to burn like we've never burned before, Lord Jesus. We stir it up this morning. We stir up the boldness that when we go into our workplace, we're not scared. We're not intimidated. We don't have the fear of man, but we can boldly, boldly share Jesus. We can boldly be who God has called us to be. We stir it up. We stir it up this morning in Jesus' name. We stir it up this morning in Jesus' name. We stir up the joy. We stir up the joy this morning. We stir up the anointing of God. We stir up the peace, we stir up the excitement, we stir up the joy in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Jesus' name, I just want to encourage you just every single every single day just encourage you that God has called you to do something amazing God has called you for greater things that sh- should be exciting every single day God has called you to do something but we have to stir it up because a lot of times that flame can go low intimidation creeps in when fear creeps in I don't want to miss out on what God has for me I don't want to live for people's approval I don't want to live for pleasing people it's not going to last I want to live for God's purpose I want to live out what God has for me every single day let's just continue to stir it up, to stir up the gift, stir it up. Just like Paul told Timothy, fan into flame, fan into flame. I know you've been dealing with fear. I know you've been dealing with temptation. Fan into flame. Flam- flame it up, flame it up. Put some gasoline on it. Flame it up. Come on, let me pray for you this morning. Jesus, thank you for every single person in this room. Thank you, Father God, that you... <laughs> have just an amazing, amazing plan for them. Amazing, amazing calling, anointing, purpose for their lives, Lord Jesus. And I just, I believe in Jesus' name that the Holy Spirit's power is gonna break intimidation. It's gonna break the fear of man. It's gonna break fear in people's lives in Jesus' name. Now, Father God, as a church, we stir it up. We stir up the anointing, we stir up the joy We stir up the joy. We stir up the grace, the love of God. We thank you so much, Jesus. That the power of the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And that we will live out everything that God has called us to do. We will live it out in Jesus' name. We thank you for that, Father. We love you. We love you, we love you. In Jesus' name, everybody send. amen, amen. Give it up for Jesus this morning. He is good, he is good. Amen, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We love you. If you're new, make sure you text uh, the number to the loop. We want to get in contact with you, everything like that. But we love you guys so much. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.